There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, we made it to the end of the week. It is Friday. We are hanging out with Lori and Julia back here at the My Talk 1071 Studios. Yesterday, you guys had a great time at the Chanhassen Dinner Theaters celebrating Pride. Is it good to be back? Uh, well, we were only out of the office one day. Yeah. So, and once Julia got realized she wasn't in Eden Prairie <laughs> and that she wasn't Chanhassen at the Fran. dinner theaters. So, yes. no, it's always fun to be out there. And we've been out there in the summer in a couple of years. Yeah, we so haven't. Really great. Um, always fun to see people when we're truly. Going yes. the, yeah, the our people, people were there. It was fun. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. Um, so, you know, yesterday, uh, actually, we, we've known about this since Wednesday, but we we just we were in such disbelief. And then yesterday, because we were, you know, on the road, um, you know, we wanted to share. You may or may have not have seen this on the news or read it in the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder. But, you know, he started out as a client and ended up a dear friend. But uh, Dr. Charles Crutchfield um, passed away mm-hmm. on Wednesday of cancer at the age of 62 and uh it just you know he he's such a great guy he's such a great guy he amazing amazing person doctor of course father husband you Amazed. know friend just the funniest and sunniest man beyond beyond and Lori, i don't know if you remember the first time we called him when we were in new york city and I felt like I was losing my oh, you're hair. Losing your hair. I'm like losing my hair, and I'm like, I think we had just started working with him, mm-hmm. and I'm like having a crisis. And we call him directly from New York City. I'm like, I feel things in my hair. Don't worry, you come in. I'll take care of you. It'll mm-hmm. be fine. Um, it was his. He had always a twinkle in the eye. His eye always so spark. We're very, very heartbroken about this. Yeah. So. And just for the family and his kids are so wonderful, and all of his friends will miss him. And it's a real—it's a real loss too for um, you know, as far as he was so passionate about skin care. I mean, one of the—he was just—he was very kind. He always had a very positive attitude, and uh, he had been receiving treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at the Mayo Clinic. And his practice, which colleagues have helped staff yep. during its six sickness, um, and the Medi Spa has, you know, been remained running. open and, and will remain open and will remain open. But you know, he he was, I mean, th- third generation, you know, doctor. He recruited colleagues to write for the Spokesman Recorder, um, a medical ask the doctor, um, just and he was one of the first Minnesotans uh, to get the 
COVID-19 vaccination. Mm-hmm. I remember he wanted us to do ads about it because he was very passionate, yeah, passionate about, about the it. science uh, behind it. And, you know, he was just a real incredible family man. But he and his uh, wife, Lori, um, they they really had a passion for focusing on skin conditions and people of color for yes. about the last 10 years. They... Um, they, their commitment to the wellness community, they partnered with Beauty Well Project, which works to end skin lightening practices and help women whose skin has been damaged by mm-hmm. the products. And he was always there emotionally to support these women who'd been damaged by chemicals in skin lightening. And he, he had so much knowledge and he loved treating brown and black people's mm-hmm. skin conditions. I mean, he really had a passion that people did not need to suffer, especially if they had something visible on their face. And then he was... He was so proud to also be the dermatologist for the Vikings, the Minnesota Twins, the Timberwolves, the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Lynx. Lynx. Every... And we've spent... We... Oh, I just... Uh, It's so... It's just... We're really... he, He wrote his last column for the Minnesota... The Spokesman Recorder in March. He told his readers... You know, that his cancer had re- returned. He thanked people for their wishes and prayers. But he used that column to educate people about cancer and some of the newest options for treatment. So mm-hmm. always, you know, right to the end. And Can helping. Help and I guess, you know, if I had to, you know, just think of one um, sign that, um, you know, like, Heaven is greeting him with open arms is the fact that he died on the summer solstice mm. on Wednesday, June 21st, because yeah. he's the sunniest person, Seriously. the longest day of the year. You know, this big sunshiny guy. I mean, he would be I I saw him last July and he was all excited because we're going to do a lip flip. And he was <laughs> more he was giddy about the lip flip. And I mean, I. Mm-hmm. I he just was always so nice to everyone that came in and saw mm-hmm. him and he just had a real passion and he was a fun guy and man did he love sports. Oh we had so oh, I think gosh. of how many things he took us to. We we went with him and we just sit and giggle and laugh. And anyway, it's just a huge loss for our community and Lori and Ari and Olivia and Charles Jr. Um we're so sorry for your loss. Yeah. And all of his dear friends and colleagues. Yeah. And he was really, you know, a pioneer as far as, you know, the things that he did to educate people. I mean, he graduated molecular biology and genomics besides, you know, the German. He was such a incredibly uh, a smart person. And he just published hundreds of articles mm-hmm. um, in the Spokesman Recorder on everything just uh, black doctors writing for primarily black readers. Mm-hmm. And he just was a sunny man. And I, I, I can't believe he's gone. And I, I'm glad to see that, you know, there have been kidding. news stories yeah. about him and that people are reporting on it because he really was one of a kind. And we're going to miss him. Oh, I know. God, Grant, we're just Sad, yeah. over I'm here. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no, and there's tough. no um, medical. There's no memorial plans yet that have been publicly announced, and I just, um... oh. yeah, oh. it is. 
It's really we. It's this. But the Medi Spa will remain open. Yeah, They're working well, on a transition plan. Yeah. So I know a lot of our listeners, when they learned, have sent us emails. They closed on the clinic um, yesterday and today, just for everybody to mourn the loss yeah. and to get it together. And they are there's plans to move forward, and things are happening. Well, we built up an incredible. Practice. We just don't want to, you know. I, privy to the details yet, yeah. but everyone who has the MediSpa will remain open, and I hope you continue to support it as you can. Oh, God bless you, Dr. Greenfield. Mm-hmm. All right, listen, let's take a break. All right, everybody, on a sunny note, El Burrito Mercado is just a fabulous place for all your authentic Mexican needs, shopping, groceries, the grab-and-go deli, but also... The bakery, don't forget the bakery. And seven days a week they have breakfast and happy hour and food trucks and everything great there, but it is really a fun destination on Cesar Chavez Street in in West St. Paul, and it's so much fun to go down there, go shopping at the grocery store, check out the deli meats, everything's pre-seasoned and ready to go, and they do this technique where they thinly, thinly, thinly slice meat that no one does in the Twin Cities for you to have a great fajitas or for grilling really quickly. They also have wonderful food in their restaurant and they're, of course, the patio. And it's all been remodeled and it's so pretty in it's there. It's beautiful. The beautiful bar. We great love prices. It's so wonderful. Go check them out. Make sure you say Lori and Julia sent you. Taylor re-released this from an album from four years ago. Listen, yeah. I have so much FOMO right now for Taylor Swift tonight. Julia, I have FOMO. There are tickets for sale. How there, much? Tell well, us the prices. Three fifty. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Now this is on Twitter, but people are showing their their you know they're taking screen grabs of their things. So, yeah. Um, there, yeah, there are. If, if you want to hassle with it, because it, you know you're going to have to be super sure. But it's people have been dropping in the last hour quite a few. Things on Twitter I have FOMO for the tickets. good tickets in the front row. I'm well, just teasing you. On the floor tickets for 350 is wow. What I'm that makes so. me glad. Okay, so so today, um, okay, uh, Governor Walls uh, uh-huh. declared. So yesterday, uh, Fry declared Swiftiopolis for the weekend. Yes, uh, Governor Tim Walls has declared today and tomorrow is Taylor Swift days in the state of Minnesota. I have to say that U.S. Bank Stadium has really been having fun with their social media so they made a map and it's it says uh um uh minneapolis minnesota the air is tour and they took a whole state of minnesota map and then they id'd every lake that has a reference to a taylor taylor lake swift lake stop it 13 lake Karma Lake, anything that has any connection to right. Taylor Swift, they did a whole map, and that that's kind of kind of cute. And she retweeted it, or her team did. I see you, Minnesota, and um, uh, Linda, my Pilates instructor, uh-huh. wondered, will Taylor cover a Prince song? Yes, Purple. I Rain? think she will. Purple I don't Rain? know. She'll do something. Yeah, you think she? And will? it's Pride. I think she'll. Yeah, I okay. think she'll do that. Okay, and then I this was from the Cincinnati Inquirer, their um, music critic that went to the show when Taylor was there a couple weeks okay. ago. And for the longtime diehard fans, they they, probably, already know they already know some of this. But for you know, for people who were you know there since the beginning, singing along to "Teardrops on My Guitar" and 
saving up their allowances to buy the fearless bracelets. Um, there are some, there are at least seven rituals that people need to know about. Okay. Going into the Going show. into the concert so you're ready so you can be part of the cool gang. Yes. Okay. Yes. You don't have to feel like a, a whatever. But okay. So delicate chant. At the start of delicate, right after Taylor sings, we can't make any promise now, promises now, can we, babe? But can, you can make me a drink. Fans have taken to yelling, one, two, three, let's go, bitch. Oh, lovely. Okay. And that's also a fan favorite to spell out on friendship bracelets. Oh, okay. Okay. Brittany, you've... Uh, because people Mine are just making, says my name. Oh, yeah. People are making dozens of these things oh. to trade with other fans. Brittany made 50. Yeah. When she was watching the show yesterday? Yes. Well, she had already started. She can't okay. make that many. But we've got a group in here making tons of bracelets for the team that's going tonight. Okay, then the Bad Blood chant. Okay, uh, in 2015, when she came out with the remix featuring Kendrick Lamar, during the concerts, fans bring back a line of uh, Kendrick's uh, part during the bridge. Twice, Swift sings, Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. You say sorry just for show. If you live like that, you live with ghosts. After the first line, the fans chant, you forgive, you forget, but you never let it go. Okay. So okay. That's another one. That was a very long one. I oh, hope people you forgive, were... you forget, but okay. you never let it go. In All the right. anti-hero remix with Jack Antonoff, Antonoff sings, Taylor, you'll be fine after she sings, did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism like some kind of congressman. Fans are singing... Taylor, you'll be fine as she's singing that. Okay. Okay. Then you belong with me. Double clap during the bridge. Comes right after she sings, I'm the one who makes you laugh when you know you're about to cry. Okay. So that's a double clap. Okay. And then shake it off is a triple crap, uh, oh, clap. Oh, all right. That comes during the bridge, too. When she says, you could have been getting down to this sick, sick beat three times. And then my ex man brought in brought his new girlfriend. So it's a trip. You could have been getting down to this sick beat. Three beats. All right, three cops. All right, ready to go. You write thirteen on your hand. Okay, it's her favorite number during her fearless era. She wrote um, a blue thirteen on her guitar strumming hand for good luck at her concerts. She doesn't do it anymore, but longtime fans like to pay. Homage to that era by writing 13 on their hands for the best result. You outline the one and the three with a black Sharpie on the back of your hand. Oh, my god! And gosh, color it Lori. in with bright blue nail polish. Before it dries, you sprinkle with blue glitter. This is ser- serious. No. Rituals. Serious. Okay, Swift wrote the song Marjorie for her grandmother. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Who is a professional opera singer. At recent eras uh, shows, fans have turned on their flashlights during the song, having all these starlights as she honors her grandmother by singing Marjorie. And um, 
And, uh, okay, so no two shows are alike. She sings two surprise songs yep, during the acoustic section, yep. two and a half hours into it. Many fa- uh, fans have pride- prided themselves in not missing a single lyric as they sing along to every song of the night. But um, uh, the first bridge of the night comes during Cruel Summer, which she just her record label just released as a single mm-hmm. four years after that song came out. But the last line of the bridge, you sing the loudest, he looks up grinning like a devil. Just, okay, okay, honest Pete. Can mm-hmm. I just... And also people love to yell because Shade never made anybody less gay because you need to calm down. Okay. You know, that's another one. And... Uh... I I was trying to figure out, you know, because you and I have never seen her. No, I haven't. And I know we're missing out. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be honest about that. I know we are, but I... um. We played our team played Minnetonka last night, and one of the women there was telling me about her outfit and how she's taking, you know, Taylor Swift's uh, shirt and bedazzling it here and bedazzling her Converse high tops and bedazzling this and the skirt and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's like, it's just like it's like adult prom too yeah. for the parents and for people that are. Everyone is so excited about their out. I mean, it's. It's the anticipation for this feels like it's bigger than any other concert we've ever heard of, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so have fun, everybody out there. I know. We'll have, um, I think later in our show, well, we are singing Shake It Off later, but I just think um, what a fun night for everybody. Just have fun and be safe. Yeah, I'm no ju- kidding. Just, yeah. just an update on your ticket uh, yeah. idea of $350. That is a big pipe dream. I was it thinking is, the same. There I'm is like, not you've a ticket. Be kidding me. The only ticket that you no, can. No, I'm seeing on Twitter. Yeah. You were saying are... screenshots, exactly. So I'm at like. Yeah, I'm, no, at I'm not talking about StubHub or yeah. anything like okay. this. This is on Twitter where people are saying, I've got tickets for tonight's show or tomorrow night's show. And they're screen grabbing their thing. I mean, it's okay. going to be a hassle for you. Yeah, I would watch. I would watch that for 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 scams because there's a lot of scams like yeah, the yeah. Craigslist and that. But just going to like your resale sites, the cheapest ticket, your upper deck, the nosebleeds behind the stage <laughs> with fees, seven hundred and eighty bucks. Wow. Yeah, that's okay. the last row behind the stage, upper deck. So you're not even facing her. Yeah, that's seven hundred dollars on StubHub. Mm-hmm. You're talking floor seats minimum three thousand dollars. Yeah. Anything on the floor, three grand minimum. Right. So, uh, you know, if you're seeing anything that's three fifty four hundred, I would really caution with the wind on that. It's probably you. a scam. Yeah, I agree with you. I just, with just you. a little heads up. Yeah, and then um, the electric fetus—they're having Gracie Abrams, who's opening one of the opening acts for Taylor yes. Swift. Um, she sent over pizza luce for the crowd waiting for her sold out acoustic performance, which is starting in like five minutes because it's so hot out and people had to buy these albums. And so she sent over pizza luce uh, for everybody. And um, anyway, yeah, I sure hope they've got porta potties put out for um, all the people that are going to be wandering and walking. I mean, that kind of would make sense to like have a, have some of that. Remember when we went to YouTube at YouTube, YouTube mm-hmm. and across the street was that bar Hubert's, which is still, still there. there and they had the outdoor band and everything to get ready and stuff. Think of how crazy that's going to oh, be. Oh, it's yeah, it's going to be super fun. Super People don't fun. eat porta potties. They're wearing their diapers. Oh, right? that's get with the program. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking?
anything about. And don't forget if you're going into U.S. Bank, no large purses. You got to have the, you know. Yeah. Clutch. Nothing, yeah, clutch. Four and a half by six and a half. Yep. No fanny just... packs. No big, remember the, the rumor that you could bring in like a clear backpack? That is not true not as well. So. All right, have a blast. Have a good time. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. We have been working with you for years, but we've never really talked about prenups. Give us the lowdown. Well, a prenup in the state of Minnesota is also called an anti-nuptial. So if you hear that, they're talking about the same thing as a prenup. Um, I encourage a lot of people to consider getting them, whether you have a ton of assets or little assets. It makes everything much more streamlined. You know what you're entering into. You've got your agreements in place if you get divorced in the future. They also address what you will do with your assets in the event of death. So it really helps for estate planning, and it really just helps for the future to avoid disputes. I love that. Okay, so, but what about a post-nup? Post-nuptial agreements are simply agreements that people who are already legally married enter into that, again, will also address what would happen to their assets in the event of divorce or in the event of death. So, again, these really can help streamline the process in the future. Great information, and for your free one-hour divorce consultation, go to trustorlaw.com or use my tech keyword divorce. We'll certainly be talking about Taylor Swift some more, uh, to, you know, today. Um, what was your little tip? Don't forget to wear your comfortable shoes. Oh, wait, I think there's no, I don't think you're going to see people tottering on, around in high heels. There's tons of steps. Just be prepared. And look at your ticket to see what door you go in because they don't make any logical sense. So you want to find out where that is. I bet. Because <laughs> oh I remember that gosh. for the Rolling Stones. Yes. Okay. You know, you got to find your gate. That you go into. That is the I've smart way to go. The Vikings, you have to find your gate. Yeah, yeah to yeah. find the gate. So oh, gosh, we're gonna just fun. we're gonna just switch to another Taylor, and that would yes. be Taylor Sheridan. And, and who is he? Uh, he is the Yellowstone creator. He um, he, he wrote uh, "Come Hell or High Water," uh, "Sicario." He Tulsa King, Mayor of Kingstown. The two prequels for eighteen eighty three and nineteen twenty three. Yeah. And the other day, a couple of days ago, we were, I, we read an excerpt from the Hollywood Reporter, and we just focused in on the Yellowstone content as far as like that he's disappointed. He slammed Kevin Car- Costner quite a bit, quite a bit. And we read it while we were work on the air too, so yeah, we didn't yeah, have yeah. time. But still, it's a, he covers the Hollywood Reporter, and you know, people at the beginning of the writers' strike were was, were wondering what will Taylor Sheridan say because he he's kind of like Greg Berlanti was or has been in the CW universe. Yes. Archie, you know, Riverdale, all these shows, Veronica Mars was a, a Greg Berlanti production. People were wondering, when is Taylor going to say something? Because he has so much television yeah. power, writing power. Yes. Right. So he, in this, he's, people are not happy with him no. in Hollywood. Um, uh, Frank Conniff, um who's uh writes about media I want to say for the New York Times he said cuz Taylor Sheridan says he might quit TV if the writers strike the WGA compels studios to staff shows with a minimum number of writers he's and people are furious about what he said because um uh what is it I got to get it exactly what he says because it was just kind of shocking. He said the freedom of the artist to create must be unfettered. He's talking of himself being the artist. 
if they tell me you're going to have to write a check for 540000 to four people to sit in a room that you have never have to meet, then that's between the studio and the guild. But if I have to check in creatively with others for a story I've wholly built in my brain, that would probably be the end of my telling TV stories. Okay. So- then he goes on to say, um, oh, okay, so the script ends, starts and ends with you. Mm-hmm. And he said, they tell me there's a story coordinator, but I don't know who that is. And then, you know, the story coordinators for all of his shows all tweeted, well, I've been the, the person for... Seasons one through four. So because that's the continuity. Right, yeah. That's how the daily oh, checks no. in and follow. Huge part of the show. And so Frank kind of says, yep, Taylor Sheridan is talented, but he has his head up his butt. The great showrunners like Vince Gilligan, Breaking Bad. Yeah. David Chase, who had the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Amy Sherman Palladino, who Gilmore Girls. All work with writing staffs. You're a TV auteur with a single vision. Okay, great. Now hire some other writers. You know. Wow. Uh, Yeah. It's just, this was what the interview that they were hoping for. Um, And he also, I mean, it just people are like just losing their minds about how he's absolutely convinced he can just write all these shows and all by himself, go. and then he dismisses all the other pieces that come into making it, like even how he just dismissed, you know, the quote-unquote story coordinators. Mm-hmm. And um, he, if he wants to keep the money train going, give, I don't a, know why give a leg up. Why don't you have other writers? You've got too much going on. This is what happened to Ryan Murphy. Oh, 100%. Yes, by the way, he got, he's another one of those people, but he's always had other writers. But you've got, you've got writer's room. You've got a showrunner. Somebody has to run the show. You've got a story coordinator. He, he said, uh, uh, you know, he's just like right now, he's writing Tulsa King, Lioness, and Yellowstone episodes all by himself. Right now. Mm hmm. Okay. He said, if you don't grow up in this ranching world and you're not a history fanatic, how do you write 1883? Oh. How does a room do that? It doesn't. Okay, so here. Okay, the Breaking Bad people weren't making meth in an RV, thank but you. they managed to <laughs> thank do it. You. That's the thing. Okay, here's my question, though, Lord. <laughs> wow. Right, so what, what it sounds to me like what he's saying is, I am writing a book. Just imagine being an author and you're creating a book or you're creating yeah. a screenplay. I already have said this person's going to say this, but this person, I give you the full story. But what he's dismissing, he's saying, I've given you the full, this is just my understanding. I'm just going to play devil's Mm -hmm. advocate for a second. I'm giving you the complete package. He's Why not the would... only guy who can write Western stuff. He's totally into himself. But with (sighs) his stuff, all I'm saying is I am giving you the complete package. You have to cast it. And do your other stuff. But in my mind, what he's saying is, why would it, they need anyone else to write it? I'm giving you the complete package done. So that's where I, I feel like... But that's... he dismisses all other parts of it. And the fact that like, he got behind writing Yellowstone because he was writing Tulsa King and Mayor of Easttown. Then that trickled into Kevin Costner's movie. I mean... Being the old solo writer, you 
His he ego's gotten out of hand. He could share he a little, but share. he's saying... Like, give a hand up. Didn't anyone give you a hand up? Taylor Sheridan, where you just say, I just, I don't know. I don't like it when people, I don't know why he would be mad that more writers get employed and be paid fairly. I don't understand that at all. He's trying the tough boy, look at me. I'm the biggest guy in the room. I can do this all on my own. It's no not a good look. No wonder he and Kevin Costner butted heads because yeah. they both kind of are like that. He seems a little stubborn and arrogant in these comments and the way he's acting like, well, I don't and, need anybody else. And in a way, I get it because he has incredible success. Yeah. I would agree. We're all fans I, of his show. Right. But we've been worried. Uh, and the last season of Yellowstone, season five, we've seen half of it, was crap. But we've seen that from other shows. Other shows have crappy years, too. Yes, yes. But I'm saying that when you're all when you're writing three or four he shows. He shouldn't have taken on so much at one time. Yeah. And he's left us, he, the consumer, hanging because we love all of them. And, and want there's more. lots of good writers that could help shape a show. People that, are, that start in a writer's room. Become a David Chase, a Vince Gilligan, a Taylor Sheridan. He's just saying, I don't want him with me. I want to do it solo. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I think he's really, um, just, it's kind of disappointing to read that whole Holly. I mean, there were some other little juicy things. Um, He did admit, because remember when Yellowstone first was going to come about is, and even though it airs on uh, uh, Paramount, it was in development originally HBO. with HBO. Yeah, and they didn't oh. want it. HBO then, made a big <laughs> mistake. They didn't want it. And they then he took it, it to TNT. He took it to TBS. Yeah. And when Paramount finally bit, yeah. he bluntly warned executives they were going to spend a ton of money on production and would not have any control. Yeah. Because 1923 was filmed in Tanzania mm-hmm. as well as, you know, Montana. So it was huge. I mean, in 1923, that was an epic season. Mm-hmm. I mean, first season of a show. But he told The Hollywood Reporter that when Yellowstone, when they, he presented to the HBO suits, yeah. the first couple episodes, in the notes that he got back... They wanted him to tone Beth down. Oh, interesting. Come on. She was the best. But he, but he, yeah, but you can see it. He yeah. said they hated her because she was foul mouthed. They felt women wouldn't like her. They don't know how much we want a foul mouth woman. It's like Samantha on Sex in the yep. City. We want someone saying what we're thinking. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And we want a badass. And um, he just said, um, that she was, you know, because she's a British actress, mm-hmm. 45 years old. Mm-hmm. They're like, can't we get somebody more soft spoke or not quite so blunt? Maybe mm-hmm. someone younger. They and did he not, fought for her. He did fight for her. He, so. I think he's brilliant. I think he comes across as an arrogant dink. But yeah. I also think he says, I already write all this stuff. Why do I have to pay other people when it's done? Yeah. He just could have been. He could have worded it differently, but that's yeah. what he's saying. I mean, he I can get, get anything greenlit, so he wields enormous power. Mm-hmm. It's very disappointing. I hope it doesn't come back to bite him as far as any of his actors yes. who are upset about what he said. Uh, you know, Kevin Costner probably has something to say about the writing that he did on season five where John Dutton becomes a governor. The most unlikely John Dutton thing to ever happen. Mm-hmm. I agree. He would never. 
He would have uh, well, sold off a part of his ranch before he became the governor. Well, and, and he even played that out in the script at the beginning. He was trying to make Jamie be that person. I mean, they even tried to go away from that. But going back to your point about how he shopped this, remember when Paramount bid on it? They didn't even have enough faith in it because they sold the streaming rights to Peacock. The Peacock. <laughs> they didn't like even know what they were buying. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, we'll see how this story comes back to to Taylor Sheridan. I'm sure his publicist is super busy today and is happy <laughs> it's Friday. As, you know, because it was a pretty in-depth um, and most people just glommed on to the comments about Kevin Costner because they were yeah. so juicy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's in The Hollywood Reporter if you want to read it. When we come back, that's enough Taylor talk. Julia has her thoughts on Just Like That, which is in heavy promotion right now. Everybody's out promoting, and two episodes are available to drop on Mac. Hey, gang, it's Lori and Julia here for Hammerex Flooring Solutions and want to say give a shout-out to the newest location, Hammernix is located in Rochester along Highway 14, next to Northern Tool. If you're living, if you're one of our oh, southern listeners, I listeners, like that. I love it too. But you know, they have um, so many great, great things in the flooring superstores. If you're looking for carpeting, if you're looking for, you know, just area rugs, if you're looking and they can measure those out for you. If you want remnant carpeting for a basement like I did and That's get it cut. Right. With, and you've got a nice plush piece of carpeting with that the, small it's, room. And it's all about the pad people. I'm right. going to tell you that. <laughs> and they are the, they really just have the largest selection of in-stock flooring in Minnesota. Um, waterproof, wood flooring, rugs, expert advice. They've got experts at all locations helping you to work within your budget, work within what you want, and deliver on time with a 12% upfront discount on in-stack flooring. That's when you're- just like that, the, the, the people on uh, season two of and Just Like That are everywhere. Last night, Kristen Davis was in... Um, the clubhouse with Charlotte. Ari Nicole, uh, yeah, Parker, and yeah, she plays Charlotte, and I always feel a kinship with her because Kristen Davis is who I met at Fashion Week in New York City, Very and cool. I had, was doing interviews with the body perks on after we'd gone, not viral, because it was 2001, so, or excuse me, 2000, so there wasn't internet yet, but we were, in, you know... We made she the whole like, world talk about nipples like in four days. That's Went awesome. to the New York Daily News, BBC. to the BBC. Anyway, so I'm doing an interview with Reuters at Fashion Week in Bryant Park, and with my nipples on and a little tie, a little. I, I'm just like a businesswoman, but but kind of per, very perky. And I see Kristen Davis, and it's September, and I'd already written to Sarah Jessica Parker. In New York, and I walked up to her and introduced myself to her, and she jumped back when I pointed at my boobs, and I said, I need to know who I can write to at Sex and the City about my product, my invention. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God. Anyway, she was super nice, but told me who to write to. Michael Patrick King in L.A. took the nipples. I assured her we had a strict privacy policy. I gave her, like, I pressed like six pairs in her hand and and she and her friends were giggling. But then when we filmed that, epi- when they filmed the episode a year and a half later, she came, you know, oh, the nipple lady, mm-hmm. you got, you did it, you figured it out. So I just, she was so friendly. She and SJP were so nice to us. I, they really were. And I have to say, watching last night's 
I felt joy again. Yeah, it felt fun again. The fact- I told you the way it starts. First of yes. all, we're getting yeah. Tiny Dancer, the Elton John Britney song, and we have a sandwich of sex scenes. Yeah, and 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 I <laughs> and it felt like the like oh, I feel like they're not trying to preach to us so much like they were the first season. I mean, like everything was making a point the first season, doing this and doing that, and I it lost sight I, of everything. Miranda's and Che's relationship. She, she, that's the that's the only I, place it's going up. I don't think Che is likable. The storyline isn't likable because it's not Miranda. Miranda, right. if anyone had their act together, it was Miranda. Yes, I could see how you could become undone. But the way she becomes undone, from what I've read of people, journalists got to see the first seven. Okay. Only the first two drop. You know, okay. They do two a week. And Roger Friedman swears... Miranda, Cynthia Nixon, directs episode five and six, and he assures his readers that we'll be very happy at the course correction that's coming. I, you know, but for people, <laughs> that's I, how he put I it. think I watched a great, great, a great fashion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, fashion pleasure. Yes. I, and I just, we can't give it away, but no. it was it was a delightful episode. Now I was know so why happy. The screen is teal. Yeah. Why all the backdrop yeah. has been teal and I everything. Just, yeah. I absolutely yes. loved it. Yeah. And I immediately pressed to watch number two, but fell asleep on the, right. in my boots. I almost want to watch the first one again. Because you watched it really quick to go to work yesterday. Yeah, and I was kind of doing it. I was planning That's, the show, it's so, so fun, I missed Laurie. some of the dialogue. But I'm very happy, of course, about Mary Mario Cantone. I love the whole Met Gala thing. And, well, listen. Don't give it away. It's fun. It is fun. And last night, um, Kristen Davis was on in the clubhouse. And it, we posted this, but her top five Charlotte uh, York outfits of all time. And they had the photos up. That was kind of fun to see. But the story that I really caught my eye, and it's not giving anything away, but Sarah Jessica Parker, I mean, they're going full court press. And she okay, gave but, an interview to okay. Glamour magazine. Yes, And Glamour, I love that the uh, reporter for Glamour picked up on something that I n- never have noticed, but it's something I have in common with SJP oh, and Terry Bradshaw. Go. Here it is. What? I, I want to hear what it is. Oh, no nail polish. Oh, you don't do no nail polish? No nail polish, oh. no manicures. And SJP explained why Carrie Bradshaw never wore nail polish in Sex and the City, any of the movies, and she doesn't either P.S. in real life. And I, I am a high-maintenance woman in many ways, but I absolutely loathe uh, the thing. I just want plain fingernails. Okay. okay, I know you do. I just, I'm not fancy in the nail apartment. And so here's what SJP, she said, for one, Carrie was a writer, so she would have originally been on a proper typewriter. Okay, yes. Clackety, clack, okay. clack, clack. She would have learned typing in high school. And she was a practical writer, a necessary writer, and a romantic writer. And then she went on to say that manicures for Carrie seemed futile. Because it would always be messed up because she spent so much time in wardrobe. True. And uh, she said also, uh, she says it doesn't mean you can't type or be a writer with pretty nails. She said it just never seemed to me where Carrie would spend her time. Yeah, I would, she, I would know, agree to that. 
Uh, like and she and she said and it was time management because she's an executive producer on the show and she would always be having to change out their nail her nails if she reshot. So it was a very deliberate and because Sarah Jessica Parker in real life does not like paint on her nails, doesn't want polish. You finally found something. I finally found someone who's like like me in the nail department because You've always tried to kind of I, I me, make me feel like that I sh- should be more like fancy about it. But I wish I could do my nails every week, but I can't. And I've I've been playing for about two, a month now, and I I really don't like it, quite frankly. Playing? Oh, see, yeah, but you, I, you know, every, I like color. I think it's pretty. Both of my sisters love I their pretty, so pretty fancy nails. I look at their pretty fancy nails, and all I could think of is, well, that would be nice if I needed my back scratch. You're <laughs> okay. Fan, did you hear that? Yes. I, mean, I, love, I, I really I love. Red. I don't. I I, I know, think they look I so don't pretty. Think, okay, and I'm just gonna go out on a man limb. I'm okay. gonna pretend like I have a penis and I'm swinging <laughs> it hard right now. That's let it. Blow. I don't really think men are that attracted to nails, fingernails. We don't look at nails. I'll tell you one thing. My dad always said a girl does look at your nails because I used to work in the dirt and have. Dirt and grease. Yes, women look at men's, women look yeah. at men's nails, but I would agree with you. I never. Lily's always like, "What do you think of my nails? They're fantastic." They're, but I'm never no one looking gets at a hard on for nails. But now That's let me I'm just saying. let me digress really, okay. really quick. Yes. How much time do we have? A minute. No, we've got about twenty five seconds. All right, Get I can't minute. do it. I need more time. But a blind item today on Bradley and Dawn was that SJP and Matthew Broderick were separating, and I never have heard anything about that. No. That's kind of what I'm thinking. No. I just am throwing it out there because I've now I've been scooping looking for it and wow. I've got yeah I'm like I wow I do too I think uh, okay, well, I want everyone to have watched episodes one and two of just like that by Monday so oh, we can talk it. about the big moments oh stop it Come on. <laughs> people have got their weekend plans Pride Twinsies Jazz Festival Taylor Swift it's all happening. Time.